0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 241 of Shop Talk Show. We're going to open the show with a pretty solid rant. You're just going to have to keep listening to find out what we're going to rant about. It's mostly me. It's mostly some current work I was working on that had me kind of frustrated, coupled with a question that we got sent into us on Shop Talk Show. That's coming up in just a second. We're going to do a little bit of Q&A. We're going to do like we dropped localhost.dev in an episode and really didn't explain what we meant and somebody had a question like what do we mean when we say that Uh, Dave's going to talk all about his new computer that he just bought it's pretty sweet I was asking him all kinds of questions about it because I'm intrigued for sure pretty baller new machine he just picked up. We're going to do some questions like how do you make infographics and charts and graphs and stuff responsive if you already have them looking good on desktop? We have a pretty simple solution for that, a proverbial one-liner. We'll see what you think of that. Uh, How do you web inspect canvas? Can you do that? That type of stuff and more coming up on Chop Talk Show. I should mention that this show is brought to you in part by CodePen. Go to codepen.io slash pro and check out all the stuff that you get for being pro on CodePen. Little stuff like uh, being picked more often and being a little higher in the popularity algorithm. Secret stuff. But of course, all of the uh, actual features too, like drag and drop uploading of assets and private pens and collab mode and professor mode and uh, 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 presentation mode and live view lots of great stuff you get on codeben for being pro and i know i've alluded to it many times but there's more and more pro features coming some pretty unbelievable stuff and at some point our prices are going to change so you may want to get on the old grandfather bandwagon you know what i mean anyway for now dave please sir kick things off
1: Hey there, Shopping Maniacs! You're listening to another episode of the Shop
0: Talk Show. I'm Dave Rupert, and with me is Chris Coyer. That's right, no surprises this week. We're going to do uh, more Q&A, as we've been doing a lot of lately, and probably you will know, throughout the year.
1: <laughs> you want to know the intro I thought up uh, earlier today? I was just going to catch you off guard. I was going to go, you're listening to the Shop Talk Show, and Chris, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just Chris, I, we've done two f- hundred something episodes, and I've never told you this. I love you. This
0: is I, I love I'm you finally, too. Okay, good. Don't, this don't is, yeah. W- what were you scared <laughs> that I was going to be like? Well, my you know I can't. I just don't throw around the word love. Yeah, I just
1: don't. I I'm I'm I you know Dave. I it's I'm just not that into
0: you. <laughs> no, you're just, I consider you a great friend. A great friend. <laughs> not, <laughs> oh boy.
1: All right. Hey, here we yeah. are. Here we are. Another Shop Talk. What a week. Okay.
0: We need a little more love in this world. So, of course, I oh, love you, Dave.
1: boy. Wow. I'm go there. go, Cubs.
0: Here's another. Here's Let's just turn things around immediately and talk about hate. All right. That's a good one. <laughs> no, I have. A, I, I've been saving this up a little bit. Or... Or I, wasn't it last week or a couple of weeks ago where I, I was t- almost talking about like this this gym website and a little moment I had where I was working with – I can't remember mm-hmm. if we talked about it on the show or if it was just me and you talking – like we do anyways, but I was like, it's a WordPress site. And they asked me, oh, can you help us change some text in the footer? I'm like, no problem. I was born to change some text in a footer on a WordPress site. This is my mission in life to change footer text on WordPress sites. I could do this blindfolded probably. And I couldn't even get it done hardly. I eventually found some way to do it, but it was like they had admin access to the WordPress site, but the site was so bizarrely constructed in my opinion that the footer was built from widgets in WordPress land but the widgets were were programmatically defined in theme files that were buried so deep in the theme folder that the, that the the editor as part of the admin couldn't access them you know it could only access like the top level files in the theme so mm-hmm. I don't know why they were widgets at all because they were programmatically defined as not editable. It wasn't like a text widget that you can open up and just edit the text and save, which is kind of the whole point of widgets. It's to make It's to be able to rearrange their position but also the content within them. At least that's what I would think. Anyway, I was frustrated and I was just like, oh, man – You know, like, here goes, you know, like, I I tell these people at the gym, oh, I'm a professional web developer. That's what I do for a living. And they're like, oh, could you help me change some text in the footer? And I can't even do it. And the only reason we couldn't do it is because there was no FTP access to the site. They don't even know who has that anymore, you know. Like, I was like, oh, my God. I don't know. It's like someday the site's just going to disappear then because that person's going to be like, what's this old site? Delete, you know.
1: Oh, their domain will expire? They don't yeah. know how to
0: fix that? Oh, no, I absolutely DNS. don't know who owns the domain. You know, that kind of stuff really scares me. And, uh, but, I, you know, I don't want to – also, you're, you're a little standoffish. You're like, how involved do I want to be in this, you know? It's like – Yeah. It's like, I don't know, the mailman sees somebody kick a dog, you know? It's like, oh, I really wish I didn't see that. Now I have to make this choice in life. Do I involve myself in the personal situation here? mm. Mm. Anyway, that's a little extreme. Okay, so that's a little backup. That happened to me and I was like, oh, man. So I can see if that was like somebody's only experience with WordPress, which of course people's like opinion about technology and things that happen in life are based on a collection of, of – of it's not like they've worked on a 100 WordPress sites before they have an opinion on WordPress. They work with one or two and then it informs their entire view of something like that. Uh, Which happens to me too, of course. But if this was my only experience with WordPress, I'd be on the show being like, WordPress is ridiculous. Hate that stuff. Get rid of it. Go back to Mm. the basics. Do something easy. Try mine. Every time I mention a CMS, somebody is like, you should try Concrete 5. It's amazing. I'm like, it probably is because you had a good experience with it. But maybe somebody else didn't or whatever. Anyway, so that's a lot of background too. Then it happens to me again. Uh, my good friend um, is like, okay, I, I'm moving off Squarespace because, you know, I was like, I don't even want to know why. I Generally, I think you should stay – like people who aren't developers and stuff should and don't want to pay for a developer should probably stay on the hosted website thing. That's just a little mm-hmm. Chris opinion because it's kind of like having a free developer on your team. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's like, I'm moving to WordPress. So he has a friend and he asks for some hosting and it turns out to be, you know, just like, like here, I'll, I'll carve you off a chunk of my shared hosting that I just leave sitting around kind of thing. Uh, 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 which is great, you know? And he installs WordPress on it. And he's like, I'm just going to build this thing. I'm a super creative dude. I I can manage my way through through WordPress. And did. And he shows me the site. And, it, like, when it's loaded and ready, it's pretty cool-looking site. Like, I think, you know, his, he's a photographer, right? So there's, like, big, nice images everywhere. And he's got some plugins there that are showcasing his photography. There's some masonry going on that's pretty cool. There's a slider going on. It's responsive. <clears throat> but... Uh, so I dig into it and he's like, "Oh, there's a few things I want to change. Like, so this again with the footer. There's something in the footer that's screwed up. I need to fix something in the footer. I want to rein in the fonts a little bit. Oh, and it's slow. As it's pretty slow. So if you could look at the speed, I'm like, "Oh yeah, totally. That's my bag. I'll, I can help do that. Maybe I'll concatenate some scripts. Take a look. And then you look in there and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm totally unqualified for this. This is this is not like a stock WordPress install. A he's found a theme um, that's like. That's like not just a theme on how it looks. It has like a million options built into it, and it requires that you install like eight plugins that go with this theme. And part of the theme is like a drag and dropy move components around kind of thing. So I can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to turn off these plugins because I I can't deal with that. That's like I, or whatever, you know. I can't exert that kind of control. As soon as those plugins get off, the whole site is broken because the whole site was built with them to begin with. And then the images are really huge. So it's like, oh, maybe I can, I don't know, optimize them or get responsive images and they're going somehow. But that's weird because they're, <clears throat> they're stored in weird places and they're built into these sliders in an interesting way. And then I look into the plugins thing and there's over 50 plugins installed. You know, there's like four contact form plugins installed and six sliders and three things that promise to help you edit your footer and one that allows you to do short codes wherever you want to because you installed some things the slider needs a short code to work but the short code doesn't work with the layout plugin so they put that in there and it's like the thing is 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 kind of cobbled together in a way that is easy for me to look at and be like oh, oh what a disaster you know but it's not really a disaster because he was able to put together the site and get a pretty nice looking site together all by himself without you know, a, a major developer helping, which is in some cases is powerful and empowering and and cool and stuff. But then I I, I jump in and I kind of feel helpless because I just don't know, this isn't anything but a stock WordPress and stuff. When I work on WordPress, it's, it feels closer to the metal, just like ah, I'm just working on some templates, you know, it's pretty just writing some PHP and HTML and Slap some CSS on it and go. It's not entirely true because I do a little, some custom stuff in my WordPress install. There was little I could do. In fact, so one of the things that, that I showed him was like, look, you can open your developer tools in Chrome here. And I'm not, I'm not going to, like, teach you web development. But you here, put it in responsive mode and then turn the throttling on and put it on, like, 3G, you know. Not even, like, one of the really slow ones, but just 3G. And it, it took 1.9 minutes to load the site. It was that. yeah. Yeah, So it's like, it's not, that's kind of not good. Anyway, I'm helping, we're going to get there. But it was one of these things like, I get it. If that was, if that's people out, and I'm sure that there is a lot of listeners who that's their experience with WordPress. Every time they touch it, it's somebody else wanting help with it. And, and it's this like unintelligible bespoke version of smashed together plugins and stuff. Uh, and that's what they think of as WordPress. It doesn't have to be that way. It often is that way. I would think, and it got me thinking, like, oh my God, there's so many people out there that that think of WordPress this way. So, with all that said, my my, my rant is is forming into place here. I wanted to open with this because I've been kind of living it. We get this uh, question in from Proco. Says just just say my first name. Uh, so we have Proco. He writes in, <laughs> I hate WordPress, and I hate every time you talk about WordPress. <laughs> Sorry <Awesome>. about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's
1: kind of your fault. We're talking about it right now, but it's <laughs> well, okay. this particular.
0: And normally, I'd read. And this is a very long. It's one of these like you know ten paragraph rants about something. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the the rant is kind of like WordPress enables this quick, easy, and dirty thing, and that. It's the ba- a bad usage of WordPress isn't an excuse. It's like we're, because WordPress encourages this kind of thing through having whatever the plugins, and because it's so easy and stuff, that it's bad for the web and whatever. Uh, and we should be as an industry rallying against it because of its because of the side effects are so rampant on the web and it hurts the web and yeah. And normally I'd read a rant like that and I'd roll my eyes or whatever. Uh, uh, and I you know I do that a little bit here because I I don't know it it is like. What this is discounting is all the people that it's empowered and all the awesome things that it's done for the web, too. And just to be like, oh, some websites have too many plugins on it, thus it's bad for the web, I think that's that's a very narrow view of, of the web. You know, it's done, I would, in my estimation, much more uh, good than bad. But I've, I have a lot more sympathy to this point of view now that just in the last couple of weeks, I've lived through a couple of sites that I I, I couldn't even reason about hardly uh, and then compared it to, to, you know, ended the rant with, um, some, you know, the fact that you've gone Windows because of the Apple monoculture kind of thing, which I think was a little stretch, and that Apple's just as bad for the world as, <laughs> as WordPress is. And um, anyway, I just thought because we got this question and that, and, and I've been living it, and I now have some empathy for people that only have experienced WordPress in this, in this, I don't know, I, I guess I would say convoluted way. I have more empathy than I have had for it in the past.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, WordPress powers, what, like 21% of the internet? Yeah, so
0: sometimes 25, sometimes 28. 25. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so one out of five, one out of four or one out of three, almost websites on the internet. This is billions of things is, is made with WordPress. So we're going to talk about it on the show, I think is, is. I mean, it, it's whatever, too big to ignore. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think it's like very important to know that WordPress is solving a lot of people's problems. And I, I think like you have to respect it from that angle. That said, is it like this just huge PHP monster <laughs> that has like a bunch of legacy, like just stuff like kind of all baked into it absolutely and and i think like what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more tooling kind of built on top of wordpress you know genesis themes or um even like you know different templating engines and things like that kind of pop up to kind of make wordpress kind of modern-ish you know kind of but that is you know Coming at a cost of complexity. I actually, you know, have experienced this on multiple occasions. I hop into a pre existing WordPress, just like you're saying, and I can't find my way around. I don't know where the front door is. You know, I, it's like a a house somebody else has built, and I can't, like, I'm like, that looks like a door that I would use, and uh, it's locked and I don't understand it. It's written in gibberish. Um, and I, I think that's a problem. I think one thing that people aren't thinking about. Um, and this is maybe age-old programming issue, people aren't thinking about the person that comes after them. Like, how easy is this to maintain? You know, does your ReadMe have, like, a, you know, if, if you, you know... It's Don't that, you want to uh,
0: build a site where that's the number one priority? Like, like, like only thinking of that first. Like, uh, how can I make sure... That whoever comes after me knows where the front door is, knows how to edit things, knows where the domain is registered, knows how to log into it as an admin, knows how. Just everything is like. I mean, I don't even know how to go about that. Perfectly. Well, I think
1: I think there's two ways. I think it's you know either a you are self documenting, which everyone thinks they are, but they're not. Um, but but self documenting, I would say, is you follow kind of the WordPress you know docs WordPress. Layout, you know, you don't do any fancy custom child theme sort of mumbo jumbo. You're just kind of very like, this is the single.php, this is the archive.php. That way, somebody can like Google and find out the answer to this question. Um, otherwise, you are responsible for the documentation afterwards. You know, that's, that, I mean, I've been in projects and it's just like, I, I have like no idea. And then your, your situation where you're like, you can't get things off of WordPress. Like you can't pull down the site without like the FTP, which that actually makes sense because <laughs> that would actually be a huge security problem probably. But it, you know, it's, I, I feel like WordPress has some of those problems. Like you can't like the portability of WordPress. I I still think is a problem in like, You know there is the what's the awesome plugin we always talk about from Delicious Brains the uh, WPDB Migrate Pro, Um, that's an awesome plugin. But that's you know that you know what I was like
0: in my experience I was pulling down the pulling down the site for my friend and I was like oh I'll just use you know WPDB Migrate Pro because it's just kind of the easiest way to do that if you just don't feel like yeah whatever SSHing in and dumping the thing and. And secure copy protocoling or SCP it. Well, I don't know. It's all this crap. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just gonna install a plugin and click a few buttons, it'll be great. And it and it will and it will deal with all the like changing the internals of the database's file paths to be the right places and stuff. It's great. We've they've advertised on the show before, we've gone free plugs for them before. It wouldn't even work because the MySQL version on the shared host was so old that when I did a stock install on my local machine, the word the 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 MySQL version was newer to the point where, you know, there was a point at which WordPress switched MySQL, like, collation or whatever to support, like, emojis and stuff, and the plugin just wouldn't even work. It was like, nah, the the one on the shared host is too old for your new one, which you'd think would be the other way around, if anything, because it's not like I actively update the MySQL version on my local machine that much. Oh, anyway, so much – like
1: i i just i'm just saying like i i understand proko's point that it's uh uh it's like just it's quick and dirty i believe is is the terminology uh proko used um quick easy and dirty by nature um i i mean I don't Haven't know. you heard I, the
0: rant? The, uh, uh, what about the rant? You know, this is, we're all talking about, well, it's bad because it's so quick. And the problem with it being so quick is that you end up building sites that are hard to reason about and that it can be quite slow. And uh, you know and bad for the internet in that particular way, but haven't you heard the rant from the backend perspective too that the proliferation of WordPress is also holds back things like now where the web has held on to PHP for too long and phps the you know and it's held on to MySQL for the too long, even though there's better database solutions out there quote unquote better or whatever that this same rant could be applied to the, all the backend stuff as well
1: it sounds like like a a that that like religious tone you know it's dirty it's impure it's it's not you know holy And, and like i that's like this i have this problem i have this problem when people like talk like slag off css frameworks which happens at like very popular conferences it's like oh bootstrap is if you're an idiot you'll use bootstrap i'm like dude People make money doing
0: bootstrap, And then they'll be like, it's and, cool for prototyping, but as soon as you're out of the prototyping stage, throw the whole site away and rebuild yeah, it from throw scratch. throw
1: away. It's like, that's not what prototypes are for, like, at all. It's <laughs> Prototypes should, like, have, like, direct influence on, like, your final product. And I'm just like, and, like, if, if I was a business owner and I had a style guide at my company, like, a fully functioning, you know, uh responsive bootstrap, you know, whatever, responsive deliverables thing going, who would I hire? I would hire somebody who's really good at bootstrap and extending and customizing and working with bootstrap because they know how a style guide works. They understand that. I would not hire somebody who's like, well, I'm going to cowboy and kind of do my own thing. It's like, no, I'm going to hire the person who like does bootstrap because they, they get it, you know, like, uh, like they know how a component system works. So I'm just, anyway, I, I get like whenever somebody's like it's dirty, it's impure, it's unholy, it's you know a crime against the web. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just like
0: okay, cool. Like well, you gotta wonder what their perfect web is then. Like, do you have an answer? Are you just mad, or do you do you have a version of what a pure web is? And I don't even know if I want to ask you that question.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's I mean I think that's my thing. It's like cool if it's so like broken and wrong. Start your own thing, build up a popularity base, and then, you know, conquer 20% of the internet. I, th- like, how, uh, you can't build anything better. And the second you involve, this is back to the web is people. This is like my mantra for 2016. <laughs> like, it, the web is people. The second somebody else gives you advice about your thing, it's impure unholy dirty because somebody else was like hey I have this need do you think you could fit this need and you compromise your like you know sanctified design decisions to meet this this like request and that's that's what it like that's how we get frameworks is is a framework is not something that solves just your problem a framework is a pr- something that solves multiple people's problems so I I just think this is I I really wish we'd back away from this like, you know, this is quick and easy and dirty. I, I, I wish we'd walk away from that sort of talk, um and, and talk about uh something like best practices. Like it's it's a best practice to not, you know, kind of like I can't even think of a single best practice, that's where I'm at right now. But like, you know, I don't know. It, it's best practice to not use whatever evil UX patterns um to trick your users into clicking things. Like that's like that's a good you know, like that makes sense. We could kind of start like talking about what's good and bad there um for the user, so
0: I don't know. this was an like, excellent rant. I'm very glad that we're twenty minutes in, and we're still like, uh,
1: well, there's also like 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 um you know there there's been a lot of like j s framework hate you know going around um and and to be fair, like single page application frameworks like react. Have huge performance problems, especially on mobile devices. They, they, it's awful. It's like bad performance. And if you're not thinking about mobile, you, you're, you played yourself. <laughs> like, I don't know any other way to say that is it, you're playing yourself. So, like, but you know, are they fun to code in? Do are you very productive in them? Yes, yes, and yes. But like, we have to kind of like make sure like when we argue about it, it's not, Oh, react is sinful. It's react has like very gigantic, you know, mobile performance problems. And then people are all like, Oh, you just use Webpack and split the code. It's like, cool. Could somebody explain that in a way that I understand that? Or that is very obvious because it just sounds like, like you're saying like, Oh, Jim handles it. Like Jim makes it accessible or Jim makes it fast. It's like, Okay, could I talk to Jim? Because not all the one, not all <laughs> the whole company is broken. So I, I would like to speak with Jim. So, ah, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm done ranting. God, just, that's,
0: that's everything I could have hoped for and more. <sighs> Um, just because you mentioned the bootstrap thing, and it's kind of follow up from a previous episode, we have one from Greg Tavelick who wrote in. I heard, I think I heard you say correctly before, or you, whatever you mentioned bootstrap, and we mentioned it being well adapted for accessibility, which I remember us saying uh, recently in in the answering to a question. So uh, Greg asked, "Could you please elaborate on that, please?" So I think you mentioned it. What do you mean by by that?
1: Yeah. So I. So let me backtrack like bootstrap is not perfect just like your code is probably not perfect could i say that is that fine Mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of eyes on bootstrap there are thousands of contributors on bootstrap like and i know there's a talk from uh jacob thornton fat um and mark otto uh as well, where they talk about like making things accessible, like they had a big quest or like request for that, and they went through and they did their best like sought people to help like make you know menus and whatever work and and do good um it I don't think it was perfect, and it still wasn't perfect and and a lot of people have like been you know kind of uh like people sneer it because it's popular again because it's popular but Um, there's a plugin, you know, like a PayPal engineering has a bootstrap accessibility, that bootstrap accessibility plugin, um, which like adds, you know, more, uh, color contrast and ARIA roles and keyboard navigation things to the, the bootstrap framework. So like there are, I guess, extensions you might say built for it. Um, so that's kind of where I was getting at, um, like there's a lot of things that like people uh, a lot of eyes are on it so it's kind of what is that Linus Torvald quote it's just like
0: all bugs like, are shallow that one
1: uh, yeah all bugs are shallow with many eyes all bugs are shallow
0: it's true i mean it's accessible because it's it's huge and has a bunch of open source contributors and they've thought about it and stuff that's all we're saying is that i can't i can't I, I at least Chris Coyer can't, I can't prove it. I can't, I don't know, you know, but it's just one of those, like, I'm pretty sure it is because they've thought about it. And it's this huge framework that says it is. (laughs) Well, and if (laughs) it, if it's not, it's just because, well,
1: if it's not accessible, it's just because people haven't like pushed for it or asked for it, you know, like in the, in the thing, because it's open source, you know? Um, but that said, Kind uh, of going back to the previous one, is Bootstrap like a lot of code, like megabytes of CSS? Yeah. Can you thin it out? Yeah. Do most people do that? No. Like, it's, 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 oh no. Again, back to dealing with people. We're dealing with people, very lazy people. So, how do we, I don't think like telling people you're wrong is the way to make them unlazy. I think it's to, like to nudge them in the right direction, like, hey, do the best job on this one or figure out a way to, uh, reduce some kilobytes on that CSS. Do that thing. But anyway, the law is called Linus's Law. It's given a large enough beta tester and co-developer base, almost every problem will be characterized quickly, and the fix will be obvious to someone. And that's kind of the uh, given enough eyeballs, all bugs are shallow. That's the. Uh, it was formulated by Eric S. Raymond in his book an essay, The Cathedral and the Bazaar, which you can check out an episode we did about The Cathedral and the Bazaar.
0: Yeah, I just looked at that book this morning, actually, because I thought it might be a good gift for someone because it's kind of a fun philosophical book. Just to close out the one um, from Greg so that we, I don't know, covered all his questions. He has a totally unrelated question that he says he heard us say um, localhost.dev in an episode and he tried to Google it and couldn't find much about it. I think if we said that, Greg, it usually means the .dev is like a top level domain, right? But it's not a real one. There is no .dev, um, you know, like there is like a .limo in a dot party i think and like a Mm -hmm. dot google and like there is dot com dot net dot gov all that dot dev isn't a real one and i think it just has become a very common one for working on your local computer like you edit your host file so that website dot dev points to yourself and thus you can work on a website locally uh that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that's all that's all and i don't remember exactly what we said but
1: it just means like your local host machine. Like sometimes I always work on like localhost three thousand or four thousand, but it's kind of your local host machine. So um, it's just another way to say it, or a slang term. Sometimes you like go into your ect host file and like write a whole rule that hijacks it or MAMP does that as well Yeah,
0: and, and it's like these days so many of us work on multiple sites that we sometimes we don't just say local host anymore we mean local host but like so many things you know it could be local you know people work on different ports and blah 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 you know and I I, I don't know I, I hate working on ports I don't hate working on ports but I always map it to an actual domain so I don't look at the port and whatever .dev very common one for local on your local computer This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by CodePen. Many of you have heard of it because I work on it. I'm one of the co-founders of CodePen, so we'd very much appreciate your support by... Being a member of CodePen at all is pretty cool for us, but of course... Uh, the business of CodePen is is you going pro on CodePen. And there's so many features that you get and there's so many more coming. We've asked people in the past, what's the number one reason you upgrade? One of the more popular reasons is private pens. Being able to keep a pen private that only you can see. But even though it's private on CodePen, you can find it because you can browse through your own uh, profile and found it. You can use the search features on CodePen to find it. Nobody else can find it through search, but you can. And it's not just pens that you can make private. There's blogging on CodePen. You can make your post private, you know, like a private gist or whatever. But it's but it's big, bigger and better than it just because you write in Markdown. But you can embed pens in it, and you can apply custom CSS to it, and uh, uh, all kinds of uh, powerful abilities through the CodePen blogging engine. You can make collections private as well. And what's kind of cool is there's a little bit of twisted logic. And if you put a private pen in a private collection, and then you share the private ple- collection with somebody, they can see the private pens in there. Uh, So it's kind of like a way to be like, I'm gonna make like five components in CodePen, I want my client to be able to look at those pens, I'll put them in a private collection and send, and that way you can name the collection and you can put a description of the collection with links and you know an explanation of what you want them to see with these pens, and then they can click through and stuff. We've heard that that's a pretty common use case, which is pretty great. I use Live View all the time. That's the one where as you type in the editor, it's live updating another version of CodePen, and you can have it open in unlimited other browsers. You know, a common use case I use it for a lot is to open that URL in the app CrossBrowserTesting.com, which allows you to bring up like emulated versions of browsers, but more than that, they have real like if you want to fire up like an iPhone 6 or whatever and see what your because uh, you don't own one and want to see what your site looks like on it, they'll spin up a real iPhone 6 and show you what it's showing, but through your browser which is so amazing and then you just open up the pen in live view and as you're typing in there it's updating through the, the version you know the real iphone that you're looking at in cross-browser testing it's a pretty incredible thing What's extra cool about that is cross-browser testing isn't free, just like the pro plan on CodePen isn't free. But cross-browser testing is free if you're testing something on CodePen. So if you're, you know, if you're testing your own local host or whatever, that's it's a paid product, but if you're testing something on CodePen, it's free. So that's a pretty cool thing, pretty cool integration. Thanks for so much for your support. Dave we haven 't even gotten into the meat of the q and a yet but i 'd rather talk to you about um, a new computer that you 're ordering you know you 've been on Windows for a long time. we had a follow up episode in which that you declared you 're kind of staying on Windows. Windows has been in the news a whole bunch lately because the day before apple 's announcement of new MacBook pros, which is probably of interest to you know, we we happen to know it's Shop Talk shows about 50-50, right? So there's a lot of people interested in these new MacBook Pros. Full disclaimer, I ordered one because I'm actually pretty positive about it. I think the little bar looks pretty cool. I think you, all those ports seem cool. I can charge it from either side. Like, I'm plenty excited about the new one. I've ordered it. I just, I work in a company of, you know, a bunch of developers in which we have lots of Complicated DevOps stuff going on, and I can't be the, the one person who has decided to use a different thing and cause a bunch of work for everybody else. I'm on Apple and I'm sticking on Apple, and I'm a bit of a fanboy, but it's cool to know that you've left that world. A lot of other, I saw a Dan, Mar, Dan Mall article. he's leaving it. Lots of people are crapping on the new MacBooks, and it was weird timing because the day before, Microsoft had this big announcement with this really beautiful, what do they call it the Surface? Surface Studio. surface studio which really looked impressive anybody i saw that watched the video was like holy crap that thing's impressive that's is that what you're buying or are you going to go with a custom build or tell us the story
1: yeah so um I am not getting a Surface Studio. They, those are very expensive. Those, those are like three thousand bucks plus or something. So, mm, so a little um, cheaper not,
0: than the one I just bought.
1: Ooh, um, <laughs> uh, but I, you know, on the Surface Studio, like I, whatever, I'm like interested in microsoft right now but um they went i i knew it was gonna like fold down i just didn't know how much i'd like it when it did you know like like i knew it was gonna fold down but then like when he like and they just like push it down and it just like goes down i don't know like a like a chair at a ballpark it just like goes down like so smooth and i just was like Oh my gosh. I love that. And then they like took that little radio dial. I thought it was just like one of those dumb Belkin, you know, volume controls from like the early two thousands, you know, I used I to have was, one
0: of those. Yeah. And it oh, just looks cool on your desk mostly, but you really don't. Yeah, need it. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Soup like
1: on the edge of useless, but, but very cool looking and you know, but, but then I just was like, Oh, I, you know, and they made that whatever. And then, then he puts it on the screen and like, changing brushes and colors. And I just was like, I didn't expect that. That was actually a moment of like surprise. Like I just was like, "Oh my goodness, that shouldn't go on that screen," and then it does, and then you're that just was like, wild,
0: yeah. And then it was funny. Then the next day, there's like a um, a Photoshop thing, and there's like a little color picker, like isolated to the tiny little bar on the screen. I don't know. I saw some funny tweet that was like Apple, and you gotta like look down. I don't know. Some of the critiques I heard is that like typing is supposed to be you're not supposed to look at your keyboard, but now this the this new bar is like really encouraging you to stare down at the bar instead and that's how everybody on screen at the thing was doing it they'd be typing and then they would stop and like look down at the keyboard to adjust thing and i oh there's a little color picker on there microsoft's color picker was just this massive on-screen explosion of color it was so cool
1: yeah i i just i again i want to be like (laughs) positive i actually think like i i think the macbook is a good product i like I don't think I like the touch bar and, and my only reasoning is when I watched the people do the demos, like the Photoshop one or the DJ one, uh, on the MacBook, it just, they, you know, it, they did not look like a pro user, like, like, <laughs> like it looked like, you know, I don't know, my dad kinda chicken peck types, you know, the, the two finger type thing. And he just, yeah. just kinda they all looked like my dad trying to use a computer thing and and I just was like, Oh no, no, you guys are talented people. Um This doesn't look good. Um, so I, am It did
0: make me think that same thing. Like, if you've been hunting and pecking your whole life, you're gonna love the new.
1: (laughs) You're gonna love this one. But um, I don't. I'm sure there'll be cool like killer applications.
0: Oh, it it looks like the. I I, I mean, it just looks futuristic. Whether or not it is the future or not. yeah, did, I did you read the the pinboard blog? The matches <laughs> Benjamin Button reviews the MacBook Pro. Was, oh no, that's funny. You didn't? Oh, it's, like, it's no. like if the if the touch bar. It was you know, it's like a, a reverse future in which that he reviews uh, what the current gen MacBook, if it came out after the touch bar one. He's like, oh, okay. gone is the cheesy touch bar, and with it, a new MagSafe connector that is totally redesigned. And like, and like, ooh. Uh, <laughs> you know, a photo card slot. Is Apple getting serious about handling photographers well? I don't know. It's just it's he made it seem like the current gen one was like better in all ways. Um
1: anyway. Yeah, no, that's funny. I I I think I don't know. I think it's gonna it looks like a gorgeous machine. I know uh um uh Greg Story picked up that thirteen inch one with the function keys and it, I think that looks really good. Um so uh so my computer i chris i went over to pcpartpicker.com. this is a free advertisement for them uh shout out to phil kaufman who works there and
0: works yeah, there. yeah 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 i've looked at it uh, because phil works there too and you know he was saying like oh i you know checked out your book on svg and whatever there's a and then i looked at pc part picker i'm like oh my god this entire site has like a thousand opportunities for svg on it and none of it is
1: yeah it's a it's a cool site so it's basically like a what a let's call it a a community of pc builders you know like you you like build your dream computer like and and it has this parts list and then it has all these you know it and it prices it by like the store and the discount and so like you can like get an idea of what it's actually going to cost you can compare costs you can be like oh well this little you know it's a good comparison it's like oh this you know I don't know. CPU is a hundred dollars more, but it should be about twice as fast or something. So I'm gonna go with that one. You know, um, it, it's a really cool, cool website for like building out and and like you make lists for your computers and stuff, and then it like gives you like the wattage, like what it's gonna, how many watts your thing is gonna consume. So that like tells you if you how big of a power supply you need. And then I could like, see this being
0: really fun to play with, right? You're just on there like, I don't know like b- building your dream PC, whether you can afford it or not. Right. And then maybe someday you'll pull the trigger on one of them. It's like your Amazon wishes, yeah. but just for nerds and with extra features.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and like, you can kind of just like build out a thing or if like, you know, you like, or you can like challenge yourself. It's like, I want to build an $800 gaming rig or something. And it's like, you could, you do it. Like you just find the parts and like hunt for deals and stuff like that. And you,
0: you know, should put the link the to most- yours in there. I, I think I looked at yours and it's yeah. something like, I don't know. It's like thirteen hundred dollars or something, which is nothing to scoff at. But it is, you know, the specs. And it's thirty-two gigabytes of RAM. It's dual four gigahertz processors, right? Or whatever. I might have that stuff wrong.
1: No. So I'll. I can give the specs here. Do the specs? People are interested. Well, it. Um, it's uh It's so it's a Intel Core i seven Skylake sixty seven hundred K four gigahertz quad core processor. So I'm going from like a dual core. Um, something on the uh Surface Pro to a quad core that's going to make a huge difference in uh running node <laughs> and even just running javascript on my on websites. Uh so I'm very excited about that. Um but I'm not actually can I pause here? I'm actually kind of concerned I will my my vision of websites will also skew a bit like like my perceived performance or whatever is going to be very fast and and i will forget the but i'm going to keep the uh the surface around for like testing and like kind of using in my house and things like that so uh kind of keep me honest because when you buy like a a desktop pc it just stays in your office you can't take it anywhere so um that's i i I dwelled on whether i should get a laptop or a desktop and i just finally was like i just want to leave work at work and so i'm just going to keep it there (laughs) Um, and then I'll have the, the surface, which I can do work on, um, like as I go. Um, and then I got a liquid cooler, like a, uh, like it's going to be like, I'm going to liquid cool the, the CPU, which like when I did computers way back in the day, that was like next level nerd stuff. Like, but now it's kind of just like, somewhat so, normal. so you
0: have these super fast processors, but they're also being like, they're being extra performant because they're being cooled down. Well, yeah, yeah, they're, they're
1: sending out so much heat and stuff like that. So you need to like pull off the heat. So this is like a radiator that sits on it or a heat exchanger and it pulls the heat off of it and, and then heats up the water and then the water like goes through some fans and cools off and then it goes back to the CPU. So it kind of like has a cycle, like a pump almost that goes in, in like kind of like cools the CPU. So what um, it doesn't
0: have is a monitor, right? Like, but so you're going to, you put it some, oh, I'll let you get to it, I guess. You're going to put a big okay. old video card in it, right?
1: Yeah. So I got the, like a big old motherboard and I, I, that was a long story, but I, I like really wanted USB ports and all, a lot of them, the cheaper motherboards, uh, kind of don't have like, they have just weird ports. And I just was like, I hate this. I don't want that. So I want really good ports. Uh, I got 32 gigs of Ram. I got a, a 525 gigabyte a uh, solid state
0: drive. That seems like uh, M2. double. It's like a quarter of the, I, I went two terabytes on my SSD. Cause I like, I'm, I'm like 80% full on my one terabyte now. So it's like, if I'm going to have this thing for three, four years, I'm going to go no, back up the so, storage.
1: Yeah. I just went like 525 gigs, but I can like buy like a two terabyte expansion. Like it'll be like a separate drive and that's, I'm fine with that. Like I just okay. like, but this, this little memory stick is like super fast memory, like on your, um like uh, attached to your motherboard it's not like a drive and so uh, what it really should be, yeah it's pretty cool so um, like
0: booting it, is super fast or whatever is the idea
1: yeah like read writes are, are super fast and i maybe picked like this the bad one so i might have to do a return exchange thing but i don't know oh you've already uh, ordered it i already ordered uh, it. yeah yeah you did i pulled the trigger yesterday and um i got a gtx 1070 coming um that's so do you like
0: a, have to when it all comes do you got to get out your screwdriver and nerd? uh-huh
1: i gotta build it and then i got this new fancy case that's like got a big old glass panel on the side it looks so
0: good wow. and it has so like, when i look at this like does the case come with like you see, so you ordered some like a uh you know the processor right how does the i like i don't know anything about this oh see i see you you have to order a motherboard too and then you what do you press the processor right onto the motherboard do you have to wear gloves yeah
1: uh no you can use your fingers um but you can yeah you like you like put it in there and then like you snap a thing and
0: then it's in there in this Uh, case is like it's very clear where that goes inside the case it's just like put the motherboard here
1: yeah so you have a case right and then you put the motherboard in the case and there'll be little screw holes and then you put the processor in the motherboard and And then you put the CPU cooler in the case, and then you put the little doodad on the CPU itself. Like, there will be a bracket. And there's a video
0: card. So so the, the case is ready to accept all these components
1: yes yes and that's that's kind of the key too there's different size cases there's different size motherboards there's different size coolers there's different size graphics
0: card different you know there's price breaks everywhere you know like seems uh, like the case is so is such a highly sophisticated part of this as well i mean not of not as much of course as a video card or a processor or anything but they're like a hundred bucks it's weird how cheap yeah
1: yeah well yeah i mean i they i had one that was 66 bucks and that was like wow i can't believe that's the way it costs but i i went with the upgrade because i'm vain and it has like vr ports on the front and i was like well i don't want to climb behind my desktop so i'm just gonna get i'm gonna pay 30 bucks for ports
0: so what are you gonna get because your video card rules or whatever you're gonna get a 5k thing you're just gonna stick with your lg super wide thing
1: i'm gonna stick with my lg super wide for uh for the time being i i don't see why i'd want to change it but there there are like you know higher hertz monitors but i you know i i just you know like this surface on the lg super wide is is not it's barely pushing it you know like and so i can't even play games on my surface really like it, it just doesn't the integrated graphics card chip thing doesn't really work very well so i'm very excited to kind of like like I don't know. Have a machine that can play games on my giant monitor. Um and so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed in my my computer experience. And I said no to a laptop. I just I don't I really want one, but I I just was so when like, you go to you know, conferences I, and
0: stuff, you can just grab the surface and you're good, right?
1: Yeah. Just grab the surface and go. So and if Ray uh, from Microsoft, Ray Bingo wants to send me a new uh, Surface Book thing, that would be really cool. But I'm, you know, I'm not, I ain't too proud to beg. So that's that's. But uh, no, it's uh, very cool. I'm 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 just very excited. It took me months. I I like belabored all my friends um, about like this decision. Um, but yeah, it took me months to like come to this, and I'm and I'm like surprised. It's like. I came out at like about sixteen hundred for like this dream machine. So I'm I'm pretty stoked on that. And that's that's nothing to scoff at. That's a lot of money. But it's like not it's it's like for like my work life machine, that's actually pretty decent. So and it probably will pay for itself really quick.
0: Yeah. Just in node. Well, congratulations. <laughs> so when you get this thing installed, all goes well. It's really gonna scream. I mean oh, it's a gonna, much faster I've, machine than than anything Apple sells and right and
1: yeah, I could probably i might like come up with some like web benchmarks there's this thing called motion mark that I heard from from an Alex Russell talk. Have you heard of that web um, motion uh it's on browser bench there's a thing called motion mark and it's basically just like a bunch of animations and it and it just it just causes your your um your uh like cpu to max out like almost burn up like you hear your fans kick on instantly it's just like uh, so i'm like i might do my like 2013 macbook my 2013 surface or 2014 surface yeah and then uh and then do my like new supercomputer and just see just see the improvement because i don't know i also want to have the uh the data on how my perception is skewed. Does that make sense? Like, like I want to know like how I I want to know like the bias this machine is bringing. Does that make sense? Like, like, I don't know if, if you
0: are a a rich person, fire up, you know, can't you fire up Starcraft and that'll, (laughs) that'll give you a pretty good,
1: no totally i could fire up starcraft i could actually fire up uh firewatch which was a game like i was getting like five fps on fire
0: oh no so you couldn't even play it because if you haven't dude
1: i played it at low settings and everyone's like it's the most beautiful game oh my god and i'm like i see triangles man this is not fun <laughs> well Aww. it was fun but it just wasn't it wasn't like it it, it was malperformant on my machine and that's you know, that's fine. I probably wasn't in the target range. But, again, back to kind of progressive enhancement-y stuff, (laughs) it seems like that's, you know, like, I don't know. If you make a game, you want it to work for everybody.
0: Things weren't exactly flying around in that game either.
1: No, I, I think it was just plants and, like, grasses and light. And that, you know, those are just very fine edges and stuff. And I think it just, it bogged me down, man. So, um, but I'm very excited to like crack it open and, and do it. And I might buy an HTC Vive cause I've been getting into VR a little bit. So yeah,
0: cool. give it a Well, go. congrats. Dave goes, Hey, hand built PC.
1: Dave goes hand built PC. I'll post, uh, things and like, kind of do like a, whatever it, not to what apples to oranges comparison. Cause it'll be very different, but I'm kind of ex- excited to experience this end of PC hardware too. like, like, um, uh, my friend Jan, uh, has a, like a computer and just, he, a desktop he built. And I just, it's beautiful. It just like, doesn't make a noise. And it's like not your schema of a desktop. It it doesn't make a noise. It stays at 60 degrees, which is like, you know, a little hotter, like whatever, a little hotter than body temperature. But like, it just, it's just like, oh, it's so nice. Anyway, I'm excited to see where this goes.
0: Sweet. Um, Let's see. What kind of time are we looking at? We talked about
1: so much stuff. Yeah. Let's do rapid fire. Here we go. Neil Hainsworth writes in, I often see fun animations made with a WebGL canvas, uh, something I'm not super familiar with, but would love to learn. My instinct is to right click and inspect all, Uh, but all you find is the canvas element and the JS doing all the work, Um, but it's tricky to get at. Is there any way to reverse engineer these things? Thanks, lads.
0: Um, Uh, that's a very good point. I mostly put it in here just thinking the kind of obvious and that is a good point for those of you out there interested in, um, I don't know, animation and stuff. When you do SVG animation, you do get the benefit of dev tools. And I just read like a a, a a post today of somebody who made a, just a just an animated donut chart, and they were very disenchanted with SVG in its uh, in, in, in its performance. You know, they cracked open the DevTools and saw all this red and the performance and whatever, and then rewrote it in Canvas and got a much better uh, performance. So, I mean, we uh, yeah, like any WebGL oh, yeah. demo you've ever seen, it's like it's incredible the performance that they get out of WebGL. It's unbelievable. Uh, But yeah SVG you know in in a lot of browsers uh, both I've heard even in the last couple of days both Chrome and Edge have like vowed to do better by SVG and I suspect they will at the moment but it's not for animation it's not the most performant thing in the world always. Um, I do find GreenSock does a pretty dang good job of of, of, of you know, extracting performance out of it and such. But yeah, I, I know that was an aside. The point is that, you know, you can web inspect canvas performance in DevTools too. I mean, it will tell you how performant the, the screen is painting and stuff. But yeah, it's, I like the, I like the fact that in SVG land, you get to poke around at stuff in, in DevTools and look at individual elements and, see their attributes and stuff. It's just kind of one of the advantages of SVG a little bit. And I don't know if there is a dev tools for canvas, really. It's more like, look at the code and try to figure out what's going on. I don't think there's any canvas cheating tools.
1: Yeah, there's, um, let's see. I mean, no, you'll have to go to like, you know, code pens and look at people's code pens and kind of dig through, you know, simple examples and then get more complex. Um, uh if they're using 3js for webgl there's a there's a plugin a 3js whatever plugin for for dev tools and no so kidding. you can like kind of get the like you can like whatever zero in on the scene and kind of like get a 3d view of the scene that you can manipulate so um that might be something to look at um but i don't think that's going to tell you how to code it at all so um one thing I'd recommend is I don't know if you're on the Daniel Schiffman train but um sure. Daniel Schiffman over at uh, we got to get him on the show that's priority number 1. Um it, he does a show formerly called Coding Rainbow on YouTube and he uh, it does daily almost shows a uh, 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 like little code challenges, 1 hour 30 minute code challenges where he, he does stuff with processing js which is like a canvas kind of booster pack, I call it. Um, but it's all about drawing things with canvas. And yeah, I, I think uh or process JS, P5JS. Um so yeah, I, I think um I I've learned a lot. I know a lot of people have learned a lot from Daniel Schiffman. So if you check him out, um it's it's just it's amazing what he can do there's a there's a video on Perlin noise kind of generating random stuff there's a this traveling salesman where he like (laughs) makes a brute force algorithm right in front of your face and has it draw out like how it like travels around and finds the quickest route so anyway there's a lot of cool uh uh like things you can do with canvas so um, I'll
0: True, but root of the question, there is no way to like inspect what's going on in there in any other way than just looking at the code, really.
1: Not unless you're really good at reading minified JavaScript. So
0: um, uh, I'm gonna yeah. move this one. Let's do one by Eric Mullins. Uh, I'm a chemical engineer who's picked up web development. I'm building a set of dashboards using React to monitor chemical processes. It's pretty cool. In one of the manufacturing plants I work with, the type of application tends to be very data-centric. Lots of plots, tables, diagrams, etc. I want to make this application responsive, but I'm finding it difficult to compress all the information and in graphics without losing detail uh, and the aesthetics I want to provide, especially for mobile devices. So it sounds like Eric has built some cool charts and data visualization stuff in uh, React plan, I would suspect that like i don't know that react is kind of a red herring here, like who cares how you built the the charts in a sense you want to make them visually responsive meaning you've you've done this on desktop and you like what you have on desktop uh and now you want to squish these infographics and charts and graphs and such to mobile size, but are finding that the screen space there is is limited and it's it's harder to do so what do you? What do you think,
1: uh, Dave? You know, I've uh, sort of wondered about this, and and I think there's been a few demos over the years, like responsive charts and graphs. Um, the responsive tables is kind of a solved problem. There's a lot of options um, there, but you know, just data tables on. Think about how complicated you
0: know, that is, though. There's, I think, there's a yeah. good five or six. Really good demos for just responsive tables that are like depending on the data in the table and what you expect a user to get out of that table. You can do, you know, there's like just turn it on its side or, you know, just make it scroll horizontally. It's like there is no one true solution for responsive tables. You kind of got to think about it. And that's pretty complicated just for tables, let alone an arbitrary (laughs) infographic like the way that you're going to mobilize that is going to absolutely just depend on what yeah i
1: mean like some charts are going to do better than others like a a pie chart is just a circle it just squares up scales up right um a you know a big bar chart really dense bar chart um, that's, that's going to be more tough. Um, you know, especially if you did like the compound bar charts, like, like three items per like whatever section on the bar chart. Um, that's, that's going to be tough too. Cause you're, it's, it's mostly like, you know, it's, it's almost just a grid column problem. If you think of each, you know, segment on your bar chart, a grid column, you know, that's, that's, um, not going to, it's just going to be harder. One thing you could do there though, is maybe on mobile, you only show three data points, like three, three X axis points on mobile. And then maybe there's a dot swiper or something, a carousel kind of thing to get more data as you go across. Um, And then on desktop or or even tablet, you start adding columns, but you still have the kind of swipey behavior. I think that would be very elegant for charts and graphs. I'm not sure there's any libraries that support that, but I think that would be very elegant. One thing I've wondered about um, uh, line graphs, like line charts, I sort of wondered if you could start normalizing data, like like as you go smaller, you know, like... um, you know and it wouldn't be exact and it wouldn't be made it could actually be a problem i'm thinking like he said chemical engineering right (laughs) so like like if you have like a red line in your factory you actually have to like know that it redlined or something you can't just like be like oh well we averaged two numbers and it's fine but I, i just like what if there's less points on your graph um on mobile, and then maybe you can pinch zoom and get like into like act, like more detail, that kind of thing. I don't know that any libraries offer that as either. Maybe D three or something. But wouldn't it be cool if you just had like I don't know. We're talking about the touch bar, right? What like you you can zoom in on the touch bar on your your sound or your your timeline. But if you could do that to your charts and graphs on your phone, like you could zoom in. You know, zoom out. Well and that's you, exactly like, what I'm out.
0: thinking is that okay, so what do you think of as responsive design? You think you throw the meta tag up in the header and then the the width of the document is now the width of that phone's like or that device's <laughs> Uh, native self right and the point of doing that is that you can hopefully um get rid of horizontal scrolling right and z- the zoom out effect that it was so undesirable right you don't want to go to a website and see a zoomed out version of the desktop one you know that uh, that that was the premise behind responsive design in, in, in a way right
1: yeah Yeah,
0: I don't want to see a zoomed out version of the desktop one because that's silly that I have to pinch and zoom to read an article, but maybe that's not so bad for a chart. Maybe presenting a zoomed out look of your completed happy – the chart that you already know that you're happy with on desktop – just present that. And if you, you know, that, that maybe zooming and panning around ain't so bad. That was the first thing I thought of is like, yeah. why, why try to completely redesign this thing? Just take out the, take out the responsive tag in the head and ship it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the responsive tag, like, unless you did maximum scale or whatever, like it actually should work. Like you could actually zoom in and see the the thing and just fine. Like, I think that's your baseline experience. Premise that and then if you want to
0: make it premise better. that zooming is always bad is not true. That's too dogmatic, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. pinching, I, people know how to pinch and zoom and pan on their phone. They don't want to do that on every single text website they read. But for a, a graphic that's displaying information and needs some more like, like real estate to do that, it seems perfectly reasonable to me.
1: I think you could get a lot from apps like, garage band and how because i mean like how does garage band fit like a 72 minute song or 60 minute podcast in its ui and the answer is it zooms out like like to fit in there but you can zoom in and like get micro on it you know you can yeah. it, it it's a pretty good like facsimile or it, it horizontal scrolls as you go through like like I think that's that's how we should do charts and graphs on the web. Is kind of corrupting. I actually
0: like how you know I was, I was surprised at how simple the, the Trello mobile app is. They just like zoom out a little further than you think they would. Kind of oh, really? the really? Tec- the text gets really really tiny when you so you can at least see that a couple of boards at the same time. Then you can tap on a board and it just it zooms into like how you would expect it would. You know, like looking at one one board at it, not, not not board i have the metaphors mixed out one column you know like if you're looking at yeah, a yeah. board you can see you know if your if your phone is sideways even on my tiny se i can see four columns but the text is just really tiny but it gives me still gives me the same kind of overview that i do on the desktop because it's just like dude just zoom in you know yep i like it yeah
1: um well hey chris i think it's time to go I'm- we had a good good run for this episode we'll be back next week y'all uh thank you for listening in your podcast choice uh be sure to star heart favorite it up that's how people find out about the show uh follow us on twitter at shop talk show for 10 tweets a month maybe up to 11 or 12 now um we we've been doing some hot drama tweets alerting you uh dear listener to hot drama on the web so uh be be sure to follow for for intense internet drama and office banter. Um, and uh, yeah, if you hate your job, have over to shoptalkshow.com slash jobs. And Chris, do we have, I think somebody wanted to tell you about a job.
0: I want to tell you about a heck of a job. If this doesn't tickle your fancy, I don't know what would. Shopify. You know Shopify? Uh, they have offices all over in, in Canada. This specific job is in Ottawa, Ontario, in Canada. Shopify is looking for their new head of front-end development. That's a major big-time job. You know Shopify, e-commerce platform, people go there to build their stores, hundreds of thousands of stores, millions and millions of transactions. This is a big-time operation and a major job. Shopify is an amazing app. And they're looking for someone to lead them into the future and and keep it an amazing app. This is a job that's going to require your technical leadership, management expertise, a dedication to quality, excellence, results. You know, this is a big time job. Expertise, really, in building maintainable and scalable CSS and JavaScript architecture and a vision for what the future of front end development looks like. Uh, uh for product companies like shopify so this is scaling this is management this is innovation this is a this is a very big deal and I want you to go instead of listening to me go read the job posting cuz it's like this is how you write a job posting this very clear language very clear about what they're looking for very clear about how you apply for this job it's all there um, you can find it on the shop talk jo- shop talk show job board it's the code pen job board you know it's uh, shoptalkshow.com/jobs it's clear there's a link of where you go to apply for it or somebody's email address directly of how you apply to it again this is the head of front-end development at Shopify, the kind of job you would move, you know, this is an appealing job. You move for this job. Maybe you're in Ottawa already. That would be amazing. If not, wherever you are, go try to get this job. This is an amazing opportunity. And
1: and if you hate your T-shirt, head over to shopdocshow.com slash shop, I believe, and get a brand new T-shirt because that would be good. And um, Chris, do you have anything else?
0: I think that'll do it, team.